Welcome to Redemption Unveiled. Do you ever feel like something is missing from your faith? Disappointed in life? Hi, I'm Haley, and I want to help you get a clear plan so that you can show up for the adventure God made for you. Because I don't believe anyone should end up disappointed with the only life they get. But it's not just that. I know that the earth is waiting for you to show up. Redemption Unveiled. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to have you with me. I am very excited because I, yesterday, I sent all of the Kickstart guides out into the mail, into the world, and if you signed up for the for the 10-day Kickstart, then you should be getting it here in the next few days, hopefully next week at the latest, and then we are going to be get, getting started here on February 19th with our 10-day Kickstart. Now, if you're kicking yourself and you're like, oh man, I missed it, I was wanting to sign up for that, I can have you join, just know that you may get your guides late. So that's uh, up to you. <laughs> if you, we are moving forward, I've mailed them, I can still get you in, but you might get your guide after we start. So you can go to 10daykickstart.com and I'd love to have you and I cannot wait to help Everyone get a good plan for 2024. It's going to be wonderful. Now, as we move forward for today, I have another sister on the podcast with me. We all love the sisters. And uh, if you remember, I'm one of seven kids. And so this is my younger sister, Ivy. And I'm number three and she's number four. There's a five-year gap. You would never know it by looking at us. I mean, I've aged so well. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so today we are going to have her on to discuss an adventure that she has taken in her life. And we all love when Ivy comes on. So we're excited to hear about this. Um, Welcome, Ivy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course. So I want to get started just by asking when, what was the start of this adventure? We always want to start with what idea launched this adventure? What was this driving thing inside of you that took, ended up taking you on to an adventure? For me, I feel like I have always, as long as I can remember, had the drive to live a life of adventure. Like as long as I, as early as I can think, I've always been up for whatever adventure comes my way. And so as I moved into my teen years and it became something that I could actually accomplish, like travel or, you know, when opportunities would arise, I was always eager to say yes. So then I started dreaming about like, well, what's my life going to be? You know, like what's my what kind of marriage do I want to have? What do I want my family growing up? Like, what kind of adventure will they want? You know, what what kind of adventure will we all live together? Um, and I can honestly say I didn't really see the answer that we got coming. <laughs> no one did, Ivy. No one saw that. But But the life that I'm currently living has never been light on it on adventure you did check some boxes (laughs) so you let's go back to um I had Chloe on two weeks ago and she detailed her dating story and kind of adventure to um finding someone who 
was not a liar and a cheater. <laughs> we don't need to go into that, right? Right, guys? Um, but we looked at that. And so you, growing up, you had this vision that you were going to find someone. And together, you would find this grand adventure. So who did you envision finding? And who did you find? I have no idea who I envisioned. Like now looking back, that all seems cloudy. (laughs) I always knew that I wanted a confident, strong individual. And when I met my husband now, he was definitely both of those things. Um, You were how old when you met him? I was 18 and he was 24. And he is a cowboy and brings to our relationship, everything that one might think a cowboy would bring. Most people, if you're not a cowboy or you're not in the culture, have no idea it's actually a thing. I did not know. I truly, until Lucas came into our life, I did not know that cowboys didn't just wear cowboy hats. Like, I thought it was more of a style than a way of life. I I mean, now I know. I just didn't know. Um, But you... Now, if I remember right, it was your graduation party that, did you meet him or you had already met him or when did you meet him? I met him in February before the May that I graduated. So we became friends with mutual people. I started going to the same Bible study as he did. And up until prior to my senior year, I had already done like a lot of traveling mission work our family got involved in some orphanages overseas and um in nicaragua so i had already had my vision of what i thought adventure was going to look like and i remember actually my senior year i went on a women's retreat and someone gave me a prophetic word that i was going to live a life of travel and the last part of the prophetic word was that I was going to travel the United States. And I can confidently say that I had no desire to travel the United States. I was always, like, I always knew that international travel was something deep within my heart. And so I did, as I often did with many people, they got it right, but they also were wrong. (laughs) And I, I mean, it cracks me up because... I haven't traveled out of the country since I met Lucas, right. which was 12 years ago. And when did... It's not true. It's like 15 years ago. <laughs> when did you... Because you had a plan to go to South Africa for a year, right? Or like do a thing after... Did that? When did that plan change? Yeah, so my senior year, mom and I went to South Africa for me to see a master's commission that was down there and we spent two weeks there well we were there with you right yeah you were there at the end of well so we hit a conference at the end so the first week we looked at the master's commission right and then the second end of that we joined you guys at a conference okay and um I just knew that that was going to be the most godly thing for me to do And a couple months after we got home from South Africa, I went and met with the track, the head track coach at Pitt State, Pittsburgh State University. In Kansas. In Kansas. (laughs) Not to be confused with the Yeah, not with. (laughs) um, As I have done. Yeah. No, yeah, but most people wouldn't uh, 
confuse that, Haley. <laughs> well, when you say Kent State, if you have someone who oh, okay, is no, that's not, true. That's no, no, I'm no, saying. that's true. Okay, yeah. So, um, I w- Division Two went met with him, and I just had all the peace to join their track team and go to, yeah, a Division Two college, which seemed like a little anticlimactic to me. I was really hoping that God would call, call me to the more godly place right. of a master's commission, you know, for me to go seek the Lord and do his services in South Africa. But it was so clear to me. I left Pitt, Pitt State that day, and I knew that was exactly where I was supposed to go, um, which ended up being an offshoot in itself. Really, <laughs> it was... Mainly because I didn't know I was going to meet my husband when I did. He had already graduated college. And I, Pitt State was honestly the thing that just kept me on this side of the world. So that me and him could have a relationship. So you, you didn't, but the graduation party was kind of the moment that something clicked, right? Your graduation party? Like you kind of, something happened at the graduation party, right? Yeah, well, that's whenever... Your senior year, your graduation party, because yeah. he was living in a rental house down the street that mom and dad own. He was yeah. living in that house, yeah. and he just came to the party. Yeah. Yeah, and all of his friends were also at the party. But I think for him, that's whenever in his mind and I became socially... we say socially... party, we mean pool party at our parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we mean completely sober individuals, and that also all of like my a aunts lot and uncles, of family, yeah. and older people were at. This yeah. was not some kind of wild shindig, but yeah. it was a it was a grand party. It was there was we did a, so we much did a dancing. mean pool party back yeah. in that day, yeah. and we did have an entire mocktail bar. Yeah, I mean, it what we threw a good party. <laughs> <laughs> we just it looked different than most high school parties, yeah. but um. Yeah, so he came, and you are right, like, that's probably the point in Lucas's mind that I became socially acceptable for a man graduated, that has graduated college, could now date someone that's at least graduated high school. (laughs) So, (laughs) And probably legally acceptable at that point. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So he, we honestly, yeah, I mean, after my graduation party, we really just became best friends. Like, I didn't, it didn't really cross my mind to date him, and I don't really know if I crossed his mind to date me, but we started hanging out and realized that we had a lot, I don't know, just in common or, I mean, it was definitely one of those things that once we started hanging out, we really haven't ever been separated since. Yeah. So, fast forward, he's a cowboy, we are not cow cow people no. and um you end up getting married how long did you date so when lucas and i started dating he was a professional bullfighter so he would travel and go to rodeos and basically do cowboy protection so yeah for, i'm like tell people what a bullfighter is because most people think it's like the spaniards yes no there's no capes no spears <laughs> he protects bull riders that get bucked off like after they've been bucked off they he gets in between the bull and the bull rider so the bull rider has time to get away and that was what he did as a profession when I met him so (laughs) we and at first he just did it amateur like it was kind of they were all you know 
one to four hours in proximity from our house. And so I would, mom and dad would permit me. I mean, I was still living at home. So, and I was 18 dating an like essentially a man. And so they weren't overly as great about the whole situation. Right. But it was very clear. I had never dated anyone and it was very clear that this was who I was dating. So we kind of had a compromise where mom and dad would let me go to these places with him, but I always had to have another place to stay. Like, I mean, I had very specific rules. There were certain distances that I couldn't go with him. Our family is very old school. Our family is not one that like you're 18 and you're, you're out. And I mean, when I was, I was engaged when I was 18. Yeah. And if I wasn't home, at curfew at 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. I would get in trouble. Yeah. And so our family was definitely not like, I don't care if you're out of high school and engaged to get married next month. Like, there's a curfew. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think you're doing? And I'm like, I mean, I look back at that now, it's funny. I'm like, what was that deal? But, and I don't think all the rules applied through all seven children. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. The first three got more. You probably even got more. Like, mom probably wouldn't, they probably wouldn't even let you have dated Lucas with, if you were number one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you better be happy, Lucas, that yeah. you were number four. And a lot of mom and dad's rules really confused Lucas. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, I'll never forget. I'll never forget the very first time I hung out with him at his house alone. I got in the biggest trouble that there was not someone else there. And Lucas is like... I am literally a grown-ass man. <laughs> like, surely my girlfriend can hang out with me. And I'm like, nope, the line is strong. Like, if, we, if we're if we going to hang out, he had to come to our house. Right. And it didn't matter how late he stayed, but he had to be at mom and dad's house. Right. But our family does a lot. Like, a lot of us have dated when we were younger. And our family was one, and honestly still is, like, if you date, they come into the family. And it really weeded out several people because not everyone can handle our family. We are kind of intense. And you would always kind of recognize, like, why aren't they coming to dinner? You've been dating them. And, like, there was several, like, girls that, like, saw you dated. I mean, it was, like, one and done. Like, one family dinner, and I never saw him again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and honestly, your friend? <laughs> Lucas was the first guy that ever actually showed up to one of my family things. <laughs> Like, like, I would tell guys, like, this is a standard. Like, you have to meet my family. And they're like, what the heck? We've been texting for two weeks. Right. And I'm like, yeah, if I if I am going to continue to text you, right. you have to come and meet my entire family. And people family. wonder why our, like, relationships last like they do. Because it's, like, hard to withstand the dating experience. Awkward. Like, we have a lot of high standards for yeah. for dating, I guess. Yeah. That I don't know if people do that anymore. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't know what I'll do, but I do think it helps, like, basically set a standard of we are a family of family. Like, we we do relationships. We don't do pretend, and we don't, like, you show up when you say you're going to show up, and you have to get through the family, because our family is not the easiest crowd. Yeah. No, it You got to stand the it heat. Isn't. And you will get made fun of. Yep. And you will get... If and you honestly, do something wrong, you meetings. will get called out for what you did. And it's yeah. like, it's not, like, a lot of people see pictures of our family or think about the idea of what it's like. Oh, it's so fun to be, and it is. We love it. But it's not always easy to come in 
It's or ruthless. Or to be in. <laughs> it is ruthless. Our family is ruthless. And I remember, I honestly, I was so nervous. Lucas and I had, act, like, been talking. No, we decided, he decided that he wanted to try to date me. And so the next day I said, well, then you have to come to family dinner. My mom said you have to come to right. family dinner. And I remember like leading up and saying like, hey, I know this is a lot. And this might like I did a whole precursor to the question of will you come to my family dinner? And I'll never forget because Lucas was like, oh, sure. Yeah. You're like, no, what you, time? Don't, you don't know. Little did I know that he was like, what time? I'll be there an hour late. But... <laughs> I mean, see, he's still the first dinner Lucas came to, we were on, we weren't there. No, yes, we were yeah. out of town, which yeah. probably made it a little easier for Lucas's yeah. first dinner. Well, it was quite interesting because he was an hour late because his mom's feed truck broke down, which is just kind of like, which now we don't think anything of. No, nope, that that's then. the story of his mom's feed truck broke down, and he. I'll also never forget. He called me. He didn't text me. He called me. Where, like, guys my age at that time, like, we were just transitioning into technology and social media that, like, if I had to call, like, if me and a guy talked on the phone, I was just weird. Like, if right. I wanted a guy to call me, they were like, seriously, let's just text. Right. Be chill. And you're like, okay. Like, right. how, well, eventually we're going to have to have full sentence <laughs> conversations, right? You know right. that, right? And... He he called me and he's like, hey, really sorry. My mom's feed truck broke down. I'm, I'm still going to try to make it. But even that was like so impressive to me that he would go out of his way to call me and let me know. And he showed up and I don't, I just remember the like descent into the family because the family was on the back patio. And at the time that was like, kind of far from the house so I remember like walking down the patio honestly Zach our older brother I mean him and Lucas are like one or two years apart so he wasn't overly impressed with this guy that's interested in his little sister like I kind of remember all the guys kind of being like who is this right and it's a Lucas, rough crowd. yeah I mean it was it was a rough crowd and and I also want to mention that Lucas had a truck bed camper. <laughs> and so he drove this Dodge Dually truck with essentially just a bed in the back of it. <laughs> and so that always kind of had a vibe, too, of like, who are you? Now, I see, like, it was, like, just a practical living arrangement. <laughs> for his travel. Yeah, but for guys in the family, including, like, the brother-in-laws, they're very, they are our brothers, you know. So all the older guys were kind of like, who's this guy with a bed in the back of his truck that wants to date our little sister that's kind of way too young for him? Right. You know, so that was, I mean, it wasn't, it, I mean, it wasn't, like... We hate you, but it also was like, we see past you and all your intentions here. Right. And I never really thought of that because I had very strong boundaries with like physical touch or kissing or any of that. I had, I was very, very particular about that. And so 
for me, I'm like, I'm fine, guys. But everyone else is like, have you've never dated anyone. You don't really know how this really goes, you know? And so I could, I was grateful for that. Like, but I also felt like the first year of Lucas and I dating, it was constantly me being like, I have this under control. Like, you guys don't ever need to question me. And that's just not really a inherent right that we get in our family, you know? So yeah, that was kind of, of an off track. There's a lot of questioning. Always our- <laughs> so much questioning. We don't get like, the, like, why? oh, we trust you. It's like, a, why are you doing that? Uh-huh, why did they do that? Why did you say that? You're like, well, I mean, yeah. especially when we were dating, there was a lot of questioning. Yeah. Oh, so how did that get to our marriage? <clears throat> So basically, Lucas went from amateur to professional in his career. And professional rodeos, they weren't just Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri anymore. Like we're talking Minnesota, Utah, like we're traveling at that point. And mom and dad were really like, no, no. Like you're not traveling the world with your boyfriend. Um, So I had to stay home for a whole summer. And honestly, Lucas... Lucas's family was more like date a while and see where it goes. Like they weren't overly confident with us getting married young, you know, and um, and neither was Lucas. Like that just wasn't the way he was really raised. And so we kind of had this crossroads in our relationship where I started realizing like after our first summer of him traveling and me being home I was like I'm not doing that again like I'm not staying at home and just waiting for my boyfriend to come home and hang out with me seven days out of the summer and so if you intend to rodeo again like not like if you want to keep rodeoing and date me you need to marry me but if you don't want to marry me that's cool but I'm going to move to South Africa. <laughs> and I, It's funny because I just told two weeks ago when Chloe was on, I just said the exact same thing. Like, I'm a huge believer that when we date, we should have high, like, high standards. And we shouldn't settle too much. I think so many people settle and compromise so much when they're dating. They don't yeah. realize they're going to have to do even more of that when they're married. Yeah. And I'm like, dating is the time to say, I'm not compromising this and I had one of the exact same moments with Carter when we were dating when he just threw out the idea of going away for college and I just said that's fine if you do I'm gonna break up with you I'm gonna date other people and hopefully we get back together but I'm not saying I'll wait for you and it's like I'm not compromising I'm not I don't want to do that so I'm not going to do that like that's not wrong to say when you're dating I don't think so like when you're married, it's a whole different ball game because you have to do all this. So it's just yeah. so funny yeah. to hear you say, like, you had this, like, hey, I'm not doing that again. You don't have to marry me. But if you want me to stay with you, this is this is the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And because- ladies, it's okay to say, like, I am worth this. And I'm not going to settle for your behaviors just because men have such a low, low standard. A hundred percent. And... I signed up for a life of adventure too and he was off living one and I was so happy for him like I would have never asked him to quit his career I didn't want him to quit rodeoing right like I would have never done that that was that was something that you have always seen the value in Lucas's career in his lifestyle, in the whole, like, I've never had a conversation with you where, I mean, from the very beginning that you haven't ever, like, not seen the value in the adventure that he's living. 
No, I mean, for sure. I, and and in, there's been seasons of our life where I can confidently say I valued Lucas's dreams so much more than I valued my own. Like, once, especially after we were married, like, it was like, if this is, if he ever feels like there's a dream that he needs to go and live, I am right there to support him. And I still was as his girlfriend, but I, I was no longer going to pause my life for him to live his and it really was like I remember we had been dating for a year and a half and it was starting to look like he wasn't going to ask me to marry him again like we were five months away from him taking off and he was getting a lot of rodeo bookings and they were far away again and I was just like I just remember really yeah I have having that conversation and feeling really peaceful about it. Like, I would never ask you to choose your career over me, but I'm not going to sit on the sidelines of my own life to do this for you. And I told our best friend we had, we shared a couple that's um, Lucas's best friend and my we best friend. <laughs> we shared a couple. <laughs> We both had, had partial custody. <laughs> we do. We have partial custody of our best friends. And I told her very confidently, like, she actually knew that Lucas was going, hadn't bought a ring. And I remember having a conversation that's like, seriously, like, I'm I'm applying to Master's Commission in South Africa, and I'm going to move after, I'm when Lucas takes off for rodeo, I'm going to take off. And she went straight to Lucas and it was like, she is moving. Like she is going to move to South Africa. If you do because not, because this idea for you that life must be an adventure, like this almost this idea that you felt inside of you that you had to respond to this call to travel, to go outside like the box. Like you felt that so strongly that you're like, I can't wait. Like I, I need to take action on this. Yeah. Is that like, that's yeah. kind of what you just felt like a clear, like this is the time and yeah. I'm moving forward with it. And I loved the adventure Lucas was living. Like I loved the craze of the cowboy culture, like the constant adrenaline and excitement and never knowing what was going to happen. And like, honestly, I loved the difficulty of it all, but I was also living a really great adventure before I met him. And I had waited 18 years to be in a relationship that I wasn't going to sacrifice too many more years to essentially be alone again, you know? Yeah. And so um, it was something that I really fought for in our relationship was to be his partner on the rodeo trail, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that was really unconventional, but it was something that we were able to do because he was, he wasn't a, participant in rodeo so we would go to a rodeo and we would stay he was basically the staff of the people putting on the rodeo and then people would apply to come as you know bull riders bronc riders or all the other activities they do and then he would just be part of that part of the rodeo with the bull riding so a lot of our friends who were dating people that rodeoed they honestly couldn't travel with their husbands or with their boyfriends because those guys are hitting you know, anywhere from three 
to potentially six rodeos in a weekend. So those guys are actually going from rodeo to rodeo in a weekend, and they're stuffing as many people into cars or planes to get to them on time. But for me, I was married to someone that was contracted to work at each rodeo. So we would we would travel, but we would only travel to one place in a weekend, and we would work all the performances or the rodeos in that weekend. So when did, what month did he ask you to marry him? So he asked me to marry him in December. We got married on a Friday in May because he had a rodeo to be at the next Friday that we would have to go to. So we got married on a Friday, took our honeymoon, got back. Did you go on a cruise? Yes, we went on a cruise. And we got back on a Friday, but then we had to take off because... That what we had a Saturday rodeo, Saturday and Sunday rodeo, and it was nearby. So then we came back for four days and packed our truck to be gone for the next three months. So you literally stepped into your marriage and really stepped into a life. I mean, a life of adventure, of travel back to that United States word that you had gotten yeah you guys weren't you know going out of the country but you you stepped into this life but how many years did you guys do that after after you got married how many years did you do the summer travel thing I can't remember because I mean it was for years when you guys got married there was a whole like months where like we just didn't I mean you would come in town and we'd see you maybe for a dinner or something but we just didn't see you you were just kind of out Yeah, it was a huge sacrifice for our family. For someone that never missed a family dinner to basically say, hey, I'm taking three years off of attending really anything um, was a big sacrifice on my end. For Lucas, that was probably our biggest fight in our dating life was that he was missing so many things, you know? And so for him, he was like, practically, I cannot make it to every family dinner. (laughs) And I'm like... Yeah, so anyway, that was just kind of a part of the tension of it all, too. Um, but it was three years, four summers. Okay. So we he rodeoed professionally with his pro card in 12, 13, 14, and retired in 15. So <clears throat> one of the things that I really want to help people understand about adventure is not only the struggle, because truthfully, like, we all have these ideas, and until we get our victory, there's just struggle in between. Like, like you you, you have little victories inside of them, new ideas, you shift, you have to kind of change your expectations. But for you, I feel like the interesting thing about this adventure you took is it really plays on the whole, the way you expected it to look and your plan, like you had a very abrupt moment, kind of life moment that you were going one way and your whole life trajectory from, I mean, for me, the graduation party on, that yeah, for yeah. me personally <laughs> is when it started. It's like you had, you graduated high school, had this party, started talking to this guy, and literally your life took a left turn. Yeah. No one saw coming. I mean, you weren't involved in FFA. You were not involved no. in no. going to rodeos before this. You were, I mean, you had friends, of course, yeah. that, but you were not that person. And so for some people, like 
I know for mom and dad, like that was a huge adjustment for all of a sudden you're like, hey, I have this huge priority and it is this life that I've never been involved in because of this guy that I am falling in love with. And we all saw if you take this left turn, this is not a kind of hobby that you're going to be a part of. This is forever who you are and your lifestyle of that's going to be a huge part of your your life moving forward. And I think one of the things I love about God is when we have our adventures and we have our plan, one of the huge things that happens is almost every time our adventures do not turn out how we expect them to look. Yeah. In fact, we have this idea, like you had this call inside of you, this idea of, I'm created for adventure. And for you, that looked like international travel, probably international missions, perhaps, you know, getting involved with a nonprofit somewhere, giving, working hard, serving, like that was who you were. That's, But yet you had no idea for years beforehand, for many different ways, in your sports, in your travel, in these things that God was actually equipping you for this life that you never saw coming. And I can remember when you were first dating and some of the things that you guys, you know, would discuss or the conflicts you would have or mom and dad's, you know, um, concerns with all the changes you were making so quickly. For me, always, I was like, for me, I see how all this makes sense. Like, we didn't know what God was doing preparing you. Yeah. But God knew. And I think that if we want to be adventurers and take the adventure God has for us, we have to be willing to take left turns when God says turn left, even though everything we thought was we have a clear path ahead of. Like you had this clear plan. And then it kind of started with, okay, I'm actually going to go to Pitt State instead of this year of, you know, this kind of mission kind of thing. I'm going to actually do track, which then led you to being home and getting to foster this relationship which literally was the key to unlocking this dream inside of you to have adventure that you, even though Lucas isn't rodeoing, I I tell you all the time, like, I don't know of anyone, like, the, the lifestyle of a cowboy is so deeply integrated into every single day that you guys live. Mm-hmm. It's this purpose that you live your whole, like, your home, your land, your trucks, your dogs, your aunt, like everyone goes on this mission together. Your kids are very active in this adventure that you're living. And it all started with the Dodge truck with a bed at the back of it that you saw the potential. Like you could feel something inside of you that this is, I think, what God, like it felt connected. Like Mm -hmm. you could feel that. And when we go on these adventures, I need people to understand the shift of like, I have an idea, or even I have a feeling, a call inside of me that's leading me somewhere, but then something shifts along the way where this idea becomes almost a promise that it's not just an idea anymore. It's a part within us that is actually our responsibility to steward. Mm -hmm. And at some point, it was your job to say, this is in me and I'm going to fight for it and I'm going to protect it. And I see like my life with Lucas, like if he chooses me, I can see how this thing inside of me is going to come forth through this life with him. And I think it's our responsibility to take ownership of our ideas 
wrestle with them. You know, you not every idea, do, you know, can you make happen. Yeah. But you have to foster and take action towards your ideas so that once it shifts to become a call and really a promise on your life, then it's our job to steward it, to take action, to take responsibility for how are we stewarding that call of God on our life. And one of the things is having to accept that there are adventures we take, many of them, every adventure is going to look different than we expect. Like none of them play out, but some of them look literally like a 180 from what we expect. But if we pay attention, we can feel that call. We can feel that idea coming to life and giving us life inside, which is so important if we want to be, if we want to feel fulfilled in our life, we have to take our ideas from, I feel this idea. I think this idea, God's calling me to do this to, I am living this. I am stewarding it. And it's my responsibility to take ownership of bringing this forth onto this earth. Yeah. Yeah, and it took, I feel like the year prior to us being engaged and getting married was really me fighting from every angle that I did see how God was going to foster this transition in this way. Um, Mom and dad had their, their very valid hesitations of me Essentially, I started dating this guy and all of a sudden all the dreams I ever told them I had, which was running track in college and traveling, like it seemed from the outside looking in that I was just like not like in a very naive way, just following this guy aimlessly and just saying like, oh, well, this isn't important to me, you know, and then from the opposite end, Lucas's biggest hesitation was that I had I wasn't fully comprehending the level of sacrifice this lifestyle of ranching and rodeo would cost me and how honestly relentless it is on a daily basis. You know, like there was several times when we would be dating where we had to go make sure that everything, all the cows were fed or the horses were fed or so-and-so had like something had water And we were two hours late to our date. And I honestly would get frustrated, but he was constantly like, this will never change. And it hasn't. And it's never changed. And there were oftentimes, like our very first Valentine's together, he, I, you know, like my car ended up getting stuck in the mud because I was trying to make it fulfill a duty in the pasture that it probably was not equipped to be doing. And... I ended up in my, you know, red heels and cute shirt in the pasture for the rest of the night trying to get our car out, you know, like, and that was how our life always went. And he was constantly, he was constantly telling me that he had no intention of ever surrendering his lifestyle. And I was like caught off guard by that. Like, why would I, like, I know that this is a part of you. Like, why would I ever ask you to do that? And a lot of his relationships in his life that he had had prior to me didn't end up working out because they weren't, well, in my opinion, they weren't who he was supposed to be with, but also like they were never really willing to accept 
what this lifestyle brought to the reality of their relationship. It brought late schedules, last minute cancellations, complete missing, like our one year anniversary, I always told Lucas, like I actually don't care if you're around for anything, but I wanna do something special on our one year anniversary. And I'll never forget, like he casually told me when we were sitting on the couch one time watching a movie that he had booked a rodeo over our one year anniversary. And I mean, it was one of the biggest fights we had ever had because, and he wasn't, he was not going, like saying no to a contract put his career at stake. And he was just like, yep, I'm going to Des Moines. And I was like, I mean, I was livid. And I see now, like, for him, he's like, we can celebrate any day. This opportunity is only on this day. Right. But to me, it was like, whoa, he's very serious about this particular boundary in our relationship. Like, this is a life that costs you a lot. And I was constantly advocating for the fact that I understood that to Lucas and also to our parents and, you know, to just different people that, you know, because share Because in our family, if you... If you don't show up, if you don't come around, if you come late, if you, if you, it's not that you can't be different, although the different thing has grown through the years. Yeah. But like, if you don't show up when everybody's showing up, like you're going to get called out. You're going to get, you know, where's Lucas? Well, where are you, Ivy and Lucas? You know, where are they? And right or wrong, it's just, that's going to be, like, you're going to get a hard time if you're, if you're different. I mean, everyone's kind of chilled a little bit through the years. Everybody's getting older and... Yeah, yeah. But... And I was the first one that kind of broke the mold of what... I mean, that's not true, but it is true. Like, I didn't date my boyfriend in high school. We met out of high school. He wasn't he, from our town. He, he wasn't, wasn't, a like, a growing boy that was becoming a man. You know, <laughs> like, right. we. I didn't meet him when he was young. Like, he had already established certain things that... In my, in my opinion, at his point in life, were valid non-negotiables. And, um, but it wasn't just our family that was, I mean, I remember at our wedding reception, I mean, I probably had two or three conversations with people that were like, oh, I had no idea Lucas was ready to retire from rodeo. And I was like, what? Oh, no. Like, we're traveling together. Like, he's rodeoing still. And even from a social perspective, there's this kind of standard in the cowboy culture that's like, okay, once you get married and settle down, then you serve your family. You get rid of all those, you know, young dreams. You, you know, you get a normal job so you can get your cows and you can, you know, it was all about, like, marriage is a symbol of settling, And Lucas always kind of resented that too. You know, like I don't want, I'm not ready to surrender my adventure. And so the fact that we got married and intended to keep the adventure the same, I will say that is one thing that Lucas and I share. We have a high, like we have a higher value for adventure than stabilization. Right. Like then like. Risk doesn't detour your decisions for action and we often find ourselves believing 
that we might be discontent if we don't have a steady amount of risk in our life and in our marriage at all times. Like for us, we're always up for a challenge. And if something isn't challenging us, then we're getting complacent somewhere. You kind of like life to be a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> you we like, have a saying you in like our house. To do work harder, that. not smarter. <laughs> We now laugh at it, but if I think... Ivy, does it have to be... Like, do you have to do it the hard way? No, we are always... And I mean, like, it's kind of something now we can laugh about, but (laughs) we just realized, like, two years ago, that we're like, you know what? (laughs) We work harder and never smarter. (laughs) How long have you been together now? How long have you been together? How long have you been married? 14 years, married 12. Yeah. But, I mean, and honestly, I, I one thing I never calculated when I was in high school living a life in a, of adventure was that I had com- a complete system actually providing for me financially. <laughs> like, I always thought you could have your cake and eat it too. You had this umbrella, <laughs> this rainfall of, sure, you can go on this mission trip. We'll yeah. pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had a little bit of some first world problems there. And <laughs> then I married Lucas, and I'm not, there was definitely a huge, like, I mean, four or five months in, I was like, holy shit, Lucas, did you know that we have to pay taxes? Like, also, we overdrafted our account. And he's like, wait, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine if it's red. It just can't stay red for a long time. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, like there was some legitimate, like, stay, st- natural stability parts that other couples definitely have in place prior to the wedding day you know (laughs) that we didn't like I mean all of a sudden I can't like I started gaining this huge fear of the IRS (laughs) like I I was like there is no way this is gonna pan out we have bills these people tell us we have to pay for the electricity that is coming you know I had never lived on my own I moved in with Lucas after we got married and that was the first time I had ever lived on my own and I had always you were kind of like a straight a straight shooter like college graduate I mean you had a wait when did you were you graduated college when you got married? No, not when we got married. I and graduated you just finished the winter after. But yeah. you were always like 4.0, do it right, be a good student, like Yeah, don't like get you the can F. be adventurous and risky, but also follow all the rules <laughs> and don't mess up. Like, and have people be very with perfect you. <laughs> and don't mess up. But also you can be adventurous, you know? And like Lucas had absolutely no value for social rules, which he actually does not is actually care like a part. about like the rules. That's no. just not no. Kind of to trying to back off, like to balance our free. Like you were trying to put some guidelines of things that I and I understand this. Like you need so many of us need some structure to feel safe, secure. So it's like when you get into a new environment, when you are in an unfamiliar environment, we, I think a lot of times we don't love no structure. So it's like you are trying to create the guidelines for like, oh yeah, okay, Lucas, we, these are our guidelines that are going to make sure we don't fail or make sure that we don't have, do, or have a mistake or 
something like that. And so in your in your thought processes, you're like, okay, these are the rules I need to be very serious about. And yeah. those are just like not that you're not doing all of that, like not that all that's not going to get done. But Luke's not Luke. Lucas isn't going to stay up at night sweating these things. No. Where you're over here, like this is really important to deal with right now, yeah. even though taxes aren't even due for another two months. Yeah, and you're over here, like no, we should probably stress about it all year. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah and I struggled. I struggled with deep anxiety surrounding finances for lots of the beginning years of our marriage but never enough to change your life never <laughs> never enough to change our life like I had a occupation of being a waitress when we got married and honestly I mean my boss was like you like I'm totally in support of you but you can't you can't be gone every weekend and I'm like okay well now I've quit my job you know like and so like we were always like because the dream the dream was worth the cost. And that, I never wavered on that. Like, I never, I never once, honestly, Lucas retired from rodeo sooner than I wanted him to. Like, I wanted our kids to be involved in going to rodeos. And I loved the life. Like, I loved the friends we had. I loved just the ultimate steady dose of advent, like, of adventure and just. Here's a question I have. How did so many of us kids end up with this like desire? A lot there's a lot of entrepreneurs in our family. How did so many of us kids end up with this desire for adventure when I besides mom and dad having a big family, I don't see this very like they weren't like sitting around telling us, "You guys need to find adventure. You need to, you know." But it was like yeah. I guess we just saw them living their life and we were inspired by. It. I mean, mom and dad were awesome, but I feel like when you because yeah. Chloe said some of the same things. I say the same things about adventure. Like, we felt this call. And I guess just being raised by parents that raise you in God's kingdom. And, like, I think it's obviously within us when he created us. But yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I never remember mom saying, like, find your adventure, live your life. But, like, we're all so inspired to yeah. find our adventure and live our life. I don't know. We'll have to yeah. think on that a little bit. You know, mom and dad always did provide us with a life that made us very aware that it wasn't about us. Like a mission right. beyond ourselves. Whether yeah, it was absolutely. the family or serving other causes or... I do feel like they always made sure that we knew, like, if you have the means to help, you have the responsibility to yeah, help. Yeah, that's like, true. if you, you know, like, if it's... Like, we all have to work together. And that, I mean, that was whenever we it was did Sunday always after have church the idea or... that we were all in this together. Yeah. Like, this is a big family. You're part of this. Get out of the chair and help. Yeah. <laughs> like, there yeah. was always that. Like, and we there was all always, had that. They were always big on, they, they were not people that were like, you have to go to college. You have to, like, they did, they were completely fine with us not following all the social norms yeah, and expectations. True. They were fine with us getting married young. They were fine with us not dating around. They were fine with us not going to college or going to college. Or having a, so no, they a really, career that is, I mean, a lot of us kids have very unconventional, yeah, yeah, you know, work. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. That sound inappropriate. <laughs> that sounds not profitable. <laughs> We're unconventional workers. <laughs> yes. yes. But, and then also, like, but whatever you do, serve your God. Yeah. And that, so, like. That, I guess, is where we, I have a direct connection to what I do 
is connected to the call of God on my life. Yeah. Like, no matter what I'm doing, whether that be my mom, life, being a wife, taking care of my home, Redemption Unveiled, like, it has to be directly tied to what God has called me to do on this earth, which yeah. I think leaves you feeling very fulfilled. But the cost, I, I don't want to discourage anyone, but it's like, I want people to see adventure in their own life. And we, we're sitting here talking about this adventure that you started, you know, with Lucas 14 years ago. But the, God started this adventure in your heart from the time you were a little girl. And you had this idea. And sometimes our adventure, I find this, like sometimes, I'm going to use a big word and tell me if I use it right. Sometimes our adventure is very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It's like these ideas we know they're there and we can even say that like this is my plan but sometimes as we live life we realize oh well that wasn't quite it like mm-hmm. that like i said i always wanted to travel internationally i always said i wanted to do missions or i said but the truth is it was just this longing to live a life less known a life less traveled this life of risk Mm -hmm. and you meet this guy who is the opposite of you as far as like you are a rule follower people pleaser you meet this guy who's like truly a cowboy who doesn't who loves not following rules who doesn't care about people pleasing you partner together and like wow i'm finding this grand adventure in the united states in this life of okay, our grand adventure is actually like sleeping in the bed of a truck or in a field or in a tent. I don't know. Did you even ever do tents? It was like, Ivy, what are you no. guys doing? You can't sleep in fields that yeah. you don't even know what you're doing. Like, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> going to the grocery store and packing up your camper and cooking over fires. And you're like, what century are yeah. you guys living in? I'd be like, people don't just sleep in fields and eat off of a fire. Like, yeah. You need to stay in a hotel room, yeah. okay? You don't sleep in parking lots. You're like, you're like, no, this is what we do because we got to make the finances work. And, yeah. But like, you get thrust into this grand adventure that you within you can tell it's bringing something alive in you, even though it doesn't change the struggle of of walking it out. And yeah. I want to help people understand the struggle is non-negotiable. You get yeah. the idea, and if you want to take an adventure, the struggle is the adventure. You yeah. don't get to foster the idea, step into the call, and see it come to forth in your life and be fulfilled without the struggle. And if yeah. you don't want the struggle, then that's how our churches get filled with people who feel unfulfilled, not excited to wake up, feel very disconnected to God mm-hmm. because they aren't willing to step into the risk to say, you know what, I always planned going straight, but now God is calling me left and he's inviting me on this whole different path than I expected or this whole thing that I didn't know I was going to have to give up in order to say yes to this thing within me and I'm going to take the risk and we were all created for uncomfortable anxiety risk these things that feel so deep with us within us and yet too many people don't realize the connection that the reason you aren't feeling fulfilled, the reason you're not feeling excited about your life is because at some point you stopped saying yes to that idea that God put inside of you that is part of your purpose and call. And not just that, you aren't becoming the person he created you to become because you're not willing to pay the price of the struggle of the things that he's asked you to do. Yeah. Yeah, the cost is... The cost is great. And I and I 
think that that was really the foundation our marriage needed from from year one that rodeo gifted us was that it's so beautiful to travel the nation and see all these places and do like that's that is so beautiful but on the practical side of things our budget allotted us with a nine by five camper that you know just had a bed in it if you had a 110 plug-in there was ac but we lived out of a cooler for three months we never paid for a hotel we slept in more lowe's parking lots than I mean, the average person would say <laughs> that they slept in. We plugged into the Lowe's Garden Centers. Oh, my God. Like, after the closing hours. And, like, we had nice landscaping <laughs> for approximately 12 hours. And there wasn't a microwave. There wasn't. I had an electric skillet. I cooked all of our meals on the electric skillet. And... Yeah, we slept in several fields. We never carried a tent with us. Um, <laughs> you know what? You know, to sell. Yeah. That might have been handy. I'm yeah, just going to throw did, a yeah. little structure. Might have been handy. Yeah, and it would have. But also, it really forged us into being up for any like anything life can throw at us. Yeah. You know, like, and for for us, we didn't buy in to all the things that the world told us would keep us safe whether it was a nine to five job or you know 401ks or you know all the things that we should have been doing or and by the time I did get my degree I was still working part-time like I've still never worked full-time in my licensed profession but when you are led by the spirit, you can guarantee adventure, but there's also the valley of the shadow of death. Like there's also the hard times. When you look at this adventure, starting with the idea, ending with the victory of like, I would say that you have found the life you were created for. Um, and even just the the launching of your marriage, like it kind of it satisfied something in you that you hadn't found up to that point, that first year of your marriage. Like you knew something was settled in you and you knew that you had found this life you were called to. What do you, what, when you look at this kind of adventure you've been on, what would you say one of your greatest transformations was or was from the start of like the idea and kind of beginning the idea through the struggle and the victory? Like how did this change you or what did it change about your belief about God? The biggest belief that I learned about God since I married Lucas was that he is not safe. He has no value for security and safety. He can protect you, but if you truly buy in to the adventure that he has for you, you will have risk, danger, fear like you will have it all you'll have times where the budget does not add up you'll have times where you he he has never valued Lucas and I being in a financially secure place or a socially acceptable season and honestly that is something I had to actually grieve 
Like, I knew that, I knew beyond a shadow of a, a doubt that Lucas was the man I was supposed to marry. I mean, days within dating him. I knew it. I knew that this was the life, this was the man I was going to live life with. I didn't expect God to care so little about how we looked on the outside. I just I just kind of thought that we would look really put together and also be super adventurous. You know, <laughs> like and I just I just have always been greatly you're mistaken. Saying, when you say like that God is not safe, what you're saying is that up until that point God respected how you felt and the little box that you had created of these are my non-negotiables. Yeah. Like I'm I'm very adventurous, but also like super everything's super safe and structured and there's a little box that yeah. the adventure lives that I take my box and I take it to adventure, but I get to stay in this box. Yeah. And there's certain things that I get to have even as I because I'm saying yes to God, I get to have. Yeah. And then you're saying that this adventure, some of that where you always felt safe in the box like you didn't get to have your box anymore it was like I don't care what you want you don't get the steady paycheck coming in and the comfort of this happening or the comfort of everyone loving every decision you make and understanding every decision you make and following the rules of people's expectations or society or whatever that is that seemingly was kind of a thing for you before oh yeah and you're saying you had to let that go and that that was all part of God's plan, that he didn't yeah. respect, like, all your comforts. Yeah. And even just, like, following a simple socially acceptable rule, like, it's the most respectable thing to be on time. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, it was every aspect of my life that I felt like I, it was easy to perform. It was easy to just do what every system asks you to do. Just be on time. Just look put together. Just you know, follow the rules and serve faithfully. You know, like, it that looked easy to me. It was like, of course, it's e- like you can do that. But oftentimes following a life that God has asked me to live, I mean, I can only speak to my own story, it is not socially the smartest thing or the yeah. safest thing for me to be doing and to think that our adventure isn't going to cost great surrender it's just one of the principles of adventure like that we have to have is that surrender and i don't like surrender personally i don't like surrender but i have had to learn the practice of surrender because if i want what god has for me there is like i don't get to hold on to that security that i'm holding on to that makes me feel really safe and God asked me to let it go, and I don't like that because it makes me feel like I am at risk for something bad to happen if I don't have my securities that aren't true, yeah. but they're things that we tell ourselves. Like, if I lost that, it would be the end. Yeah. And you're like, then you lose it, and you're like, oh, well, I don't like it, but I'm actually, I am living yeah. just fine. Like. But it changes you some it changes you when you have to go through such a surrender like that. Yeah. When you didn't realize you had built your life on on sand that mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't safe for you on that sand, but it felt really comfortable. Yeah. It's so true. 
Well, thank you so much, Ivy, for sharing your adventure. And just, it's always good to, I think it really helps people understand what adventure really looks like and how God takes us on adventures and how it's adventure is not all mountains and beaches and sunsets. Like it truly is being in the mud and Mm -hmm. getting messy and things really not turning out how we expect. And yet those are often the greatest adventures that we end up on. So Mm -hmm. I think it's awesome. Thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And before we close out, I just want to remind you that if you want to join last minute for the 10-day kickstart, I can try to get you added. So you can go to 10daykickstart.com. And I am so excited. Like I said, if you've already joined, your guide should be in the mail. And I cannot wait to get started here in a couple of weeks. And it's going to be wonderful. Our first day is February 19th, and I will see you in the Facebook group. So I will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, would you mind leaving a review? That would be amazing. And also, if you'd like to connect on social media, I'm Redemption Unveiled everywhere or Haley Marie Carter on Instagram. I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here next Wednesday for a new podcast episode. And remember that the earth is waiting for you to show up. Have a great day.